0: Cartoon commentary is not intended for children. Tom, Keith, and Corey are usually wrong, and anything they say can and probably will offend you. Apologies in advance. Commence the podcast.
1: Cartoon Cartoon commentary. commentary. Bazinga. Uh, that's offensive to tom Don't yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh did you guys see uh in the news uh entertainment news i should say there's like talk about them trying to revive the big bang theory after four years of it being off air they want to like revive it
2: i didn't mm-hmm. know it was off air because that's how little i care about it
1: yet yeah, you you say Bazinga like, anyhow
2: well you realize that bazinga not from that Like, that's not the origin of the word Bazinga.
1: Well, yeah, but everyone knows it because of that.
2: No, no, stupid people know it because of that. Everyone else that's not stupid knows that that show just latched on to it and was like, this is ours.
1: Keith, like, every time I went into Target for many years, there'd be, like, t-shirts that said Bazinga on it. You know, the red t-shirts? And then it looked like the Flash kind of... uh... Yellow with a you know because that's what you know Sheldon would say and he'd wear the flash t-shirt. Oh, I'm gonna say it because you know how many times as a physicist, how many times I've had to deal with. Oh, you watch the Big Bang Theory? And the thing is, when it very first came on, like I remember watching it since the start when the first episode came out, and I watched it a bunch of seasons. And then, like as soon as people started realizing I was a physicist and started asking me about it, I. I immediately hated the show because I got annoyed by any time someone asked me what I did. I'm like, oh, I, I'm a physicist. You know, I'm an experimental nuclear physicist. Oh, like Leonard or Sheldon? I'm like, N- no, <laughs> neither of them are experimental nuclear physicists. Apparently, you watch the show so you know their names, but you don't pay enough attention to know, you know, Sheldon's a theorist and... and uh Leonard is an experimentalist, but he uses lasers. He's he's into optics and stuff. That's not me. Yeah,
2: that's what I would do. I would do the oh, laser man. thing.
1: I can't wait until I'm editing this so I can figure out what you guys are arguing about. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I'm just saying that that's why, you know, when Keith says Bazinga, I cringe when I hear it.
2: No, Cor- Corey so, said that because he dropped again.
1: Yeah, so...
3: (laughs) Yeah, my internet's been effing me in the A. Like I'm in jail or something. Um, (laughs) So, I don't know, Big Bang Theory is interesting in that I was super into it back when it was first coming out, or, like, maybe three years after. I, like, downloaded the torrents as if it was, like, an anime, and I was watching that. And then there was, like, that period of time where I was, I think... I got into the office, and I was, like, starting to, like, look down on any show that had a laugh track.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
3: Because it becomes, like, once you watch a video Mm -hmm. on, like, probably YouTube of, like, here's what a show is like without the laugh track. Yeah. And it just becomes, like, so, like, stupidly awkward that it's, like, this is obviously pretending to be in front of a studio audience, which I, I... can't imagine what it must be like to film it
2: well can i was gonna Mm. i was gonna say like can you imagine those actors like and they show up every day and they film and they're rehearsing these lines and they're leaving these pauses in between for the laugh track which is Mm. so unnatural like to me like i would honestly if i was one of them i would go back to my trailer every day and just be like what the fuck, like the check is good. The the yeah, money, like the, the fuck money, fuck the doing? money. Yeah, the money well, well, is great. But like, just it's cry, gotta, just it's sob. gotta
3: ruin you for acting at anything else for a while, because <laughs> you're gonna have all these awkward pauses after you read a line. Oh, is that that's what supposed happens to be funny? Is that what and... <laughs> happened to William Shatner? Maybe did he basically has the just equi- waiting? For, he thought there was going to be a laugh track. He thought no when, he, when they were filming Star Trek. <laughs> so, he so that's had... why he has so many weird pauses in place No, so... I, I I
2: figured it out. He has the equivalent of shell shock when like World War Two soldiers, Shoulders soldiers, shul- uh, shoulders? Shoulders? Should- <laughs> World sheeshaw, War Two soldiers. So sorry, I was Shatner and shows shoulders. So, uh, so um, when when like World War Two soldiers got shell shock from uh just being like you know like in areas where they were constantly getting bombed like it like messed up their nervous system when they have like the shakes william shatner has that but from being forced to pause for laugh tracks so now he talks like this did you know he has tinnitus
1: that's just a that's just a ringing in your ears and it's actually called tinnitus uh it's more than just a ringing Keith it was a constant pain for him it was constantly ringing he had to do that what do you call that kind of therapy where you desensitize yourself from things alcohol <laughs> ah! Yes I'm not wrong alcohol therapy <laughs> cured William Shatner <laughs> <laughs> and that might have something to do with the way he speaks uh... Oh man <laughs> Uh, we're just kidding, uh, Mr. Shatner. Please don't stop... Or, please just don't stop listening to us. <laughs> please don't. Alright. Please don't not stop... Don't <laughs> stop listening. Hey, future
3: self. Uh, just in case anything bad happens to any of the people we talk about in this episode, be sure to cut that out. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> <It cuts laughs> out. I mean... People are dropping, like, flies. Coolio just won. Oh, god damn. Yeah. What, so what happened with Coolio? I, I, right, so I missed that. that. I did not look into it. I'm assuming... I didn't either. I
1: tried, but they didn't release any details yet. Okay. At, least at, when the, when at I this looked.
3: point in our recording, which we're super dating it by even talking about it. Surprise, it's not really Christmas. Oh, I fucked it up. Oh. oh, there it is. Um, oh.
2: So uh, Yep. That <laughs> happened. I knew it was going to happen.
3: So, if you look up when Coolio died, this is when this was recorded. Ta-da! There we go. Um, like, anybody oh, can go anytime, obviously. Like, this is just the world mm. that the world is, you know, that's life. So, it's like, in my head, I'm like, oh, God, as they're talking about all this stuff with William Shatner, it's just like, <laughs> please, Will, please. I hope he's not next on the list. Come on, you gotta make it. Um... Yeah, but Big Bang Theory, uh something I've been polluting Tom's uh HBO Max account with. I ever have sense uh
2: <laughs> I will I will say that when it when it came out, I did watch a fair amount of it. It was not like a favorite show of mine by any means, but it was one of those shows that like at the time, I feel like you could put on, get a couple chuckles like I didn't go out of my way to watch it, but when I had Cable and came across it, it was one of those shows that I'd be like, okay, fine, I guess this.
3: Yeah, like, I, I, I watch it for the quick chuckles about nerdy things that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see, from Tom's perspective, actually knowing real physics and seeing <laughs> what these writers... Writing about physics, think is real physics.
1: Well, that's the thing. They're writers, they, they hired physicists to to write. Like, they actually. Uh, so, stuff in so the there's background. There's funny
3: physicists out there?
1: There is actually funny physics stuff. Uh, and, and, like, there's hidden stuff in the background. Like, there'll be equations or things like uh, they'll be working on. And, I, you know, I, okay, so I remember watching this once with my father, like, over a decade ago. We're watching it, and I just happened to notice the equations in the background on the board. They they were familiar to me. I'm like, oh, I know those. Those are, you know, this is how you find it. So it was like some quantum mechanics stuff. Tom
2: was like, hey, old buddy, old friend, old pal. <laughs> well, I exactly. haven't seen you since sophomore year.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, I, I mean, I recognized the equations, and I, I got a kick out of what, what it was had in the background. But, like... I knew people like my father would have no idea what the what that shit was and he didn't they I knew they didn't appreciate it as much as I did but then again I still got bombarded with people with uh, oh you watch the Big Bang Theory every time they hear I'm a physicist and like you know as we've already discussed. You know, after being asked that like a thousand times, I I just stopped liking the show. Yeah, I was just like, I want nothing to do with the show ever again. I used to like it, but then everyone annoyed me about it.
3: (laughs) Wow, so everybody ruined it for you.
1: Basically, yeah, it it had something to do with the show. It's everyone else that ruined it. (laughs) It, It's similar to how uh, people talking
3: shows up all the time ruins it for me to the point where I'm just like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. yeah, like they're like everybody. Most people that have seen Breaking Bad like end up putting it in like their top like five shows, if not higher, of all time. <laughs> and I've seen like random parts of episodes back when I lived with my mother, and it was just like, Nah, this doesn't seem like it's for me. But everybody, basically, essing that show's dick. I don't know yeah. why why get uh, yeah. it <laughs> sucking when I just said dick. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> it's,
2: a, it's a weird censorship. Uh, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Uh, everybody sucking that show's dick, like, just makes me want to be like, nah, I'm good.
2: Yeah. Mm. I mean, to be honest, I don't know. I watched that whole show. But
3: uh, it was It was good. also like that with Game of Thrones. So there's that yeah. aspect because you guys talked Game of Thrones up so much before the last two seasons happened. I know. <laughs> we, were, we were trying My to get wife you to and watch that. got into it <laughs> just in time. Just the... in time for it to get shitty. <laughs> you <know>? like <laughs> that? Yeah. Oh
2: wait, so Corey, it's your fault. Yeah, it
3: makes sense. <laughs> <That depends> <laughs> <out>. <laughs> you started Not watching it, counter, and then it got shitty. Argument there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I brought it down. Has nothing to do with the writing. Nope,
1: or the fact that they ran out of books. (laughs) Oh, and they just didn't want to listen to George R. R. Martin anymore.
2: Well, no, because George R. R. Martin gave them bullet points instead of books, and they were like, "Oh, okay, this is what we're supposed to do," and that's exactly how the last two episodes went.
3: It sounds like he was like, "Hey guys, you want to finish writing these books for me?" And that's why those books still haven't come out because he's just like, "Ah, oh, fuck! Yeah. I'm gonna write exactly what they're gonna have put in the show." Everybody hates what was in the show.
1: He already said so he's not I'm gonna come do that. With something though. else. Yeah, yeah. but
3: like him saying it is like him saying he's, he's working just gonna. On them.
2: He's just gonna die first. That's what's gonna happen. The guy's uh, old. He's, that's, he's that's
3: the thing. Not is he's in like good waiting health. it out. He's yeah. waiting
2: it out. Yeah. yeah because he's... He, <laughs> he's literally like, written other books instead yeah. of finishing these. So he wrote the, the one that the wrote new show is based on. Yeah, He wrote Elden Ring. He wrote he a video Ring. game.
3: Wow. I didn't know that. The lore for Elden Ring is all George oh, R. R. Martin. Cool. I wish
2: I knew how to write.
3: I wish you knew how to read.
2: Yeah, that too. I mean, reading, I guess, probably comes first. But, you know.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cart before the horse. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. what's up, Internet? Welcome to Cartoon Commentary, a podcast where three ho-ho-hos in their 30s talk about old, new, and sometimes festive cartoons.
1: I'm Cory, jolly as fuck Zamir. I'm Tom. They call me something. Permafrost O'Connell. I'm Keith. I don't belong anywhere, Barnowski. <laughs>
3: And today we're talking about a cartoon that I grew up with, but at a time when I felt like I couldn't really talk about cartoons with my friends. (laughs) Static Shock. This was coming out pretty much the entire time we were in high school, and I felt like between freshman year and senior year, it was just like, you couldn't really have conversations about cartoons unless it was anime. Hmm. So, I remember, hmm. like, Park. that's why going into this. Adult exactly. Swim. Yeah. Adult yeah. Swim. Like, anything that was, like, viewed as adult or
1: mature. Yeah, you had to watch something yeah.
3: cool, not, like, yeah. a regular Yeah. You couldn't talk
1: cartoon. about the Care Bears.
3: Yeah. You couldn't talk about <laughs> what was on Saturday mornings
1: anymore. So,
2: instead, you just gave them the Care Bear stare.
1: Hmm. Ha! <laughs> I'll give them that one. <laughs> I say. like that one. I, I've had enough alcohol to like that <laughs> there one. There you go. Okay. Tom,
2: go. Tom's inebriated enough to think that I'm funny. Ah!
1: There you so go. Like I
3: specifically remember watching this show, and I remember even thinking at that time, like, damn, I wish I had someone I could talk to about this. And I feel like maybe I caught it a little bit late because I think I was watching it afternoons on Toonami. Hmm. Uh, or not, maybe not Toonami, just Cartoon Network, possibly. It was like before yeah. or after yeah. Teen Titans would air. Um, oh, yeah. And I think it might have been when it was already in syndication, because uh, I believe everybody had gone off to college and left me behind. So I think that was a little bit of it, too. So it was always like this show that I thought, like, wow, no one else ever watched this.
2: I... So I definitely did watch it. I don't know Mm. if I saw necessarily all of it or watched it sequentially. I do remember watching a fair amount of episodes, though, purely because I think that he has probably what I would deem one of the coolest superpowers that exists in the realm of cartoon superpowers.
3: Well... Are you, are you talking about the surfing out of manhole cover type thing? Uh, the whole the
2: whole <laughs> shebang. So like he's that's pretty cool. Yeah, he, yeah, he's he's got the surfing. He's got a metal disc. Which is it a manhole cover or is it just a? Well,
3: I, I think originally it was, and then they made him something that folds down.
2: Yeah, because I was gonna say he's got to be able to put that in like so a he backpack. doesn't just
3: have to keep vandalizing the city by stealing a manhole
2: cover <laughs> right uh, like too, since... too many kids fell into them and died and he felt responsible so. <laughs> so
1: well since this is our christmas episode uh i actually while watching this uh i wondered what it was that he was writing and when i looked at it it kind of made me think of um you guys have seen christmas vacation right
3: yeah probably once as a run oh. oh
1: one of the scenes in it is when uh clark griswold they 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 take the kids to go sledding and they have like these metal discs that they're using as sleds and uh it looks very similar to what this guy rides on in the show Mm. uh but in the movie uh, in christmas vacation he clark griswold works for this um food chemical kind of company they they Developed preservatives and and like non-stick stuff, so he puts this like experimental non-stick coating on the bottom of that disc, and that's when he you know, <laughs> jumps on it and he flies down the hill. And then you see that scene where he's like doing a hundred miles an hour down the hill, flying through the the, the woods. And, and anyhow, uh, since it's our Christmas episode, I thought I'd mention this Christmas vacation story.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, luckily Clark was not in this episode, because he would have fucked some shit up. But
1: yeah. Like,
2: I mean, so, like, the flying on the disc is cool. Like, I always thought, like, number one, controlling lightning. Being able to, like, just shoot lightning. I mean, I know his name's Static Shock, but he's shooting lightning out of his hands. Like,
3: Well, technically his name is Static. Oh,
2: well, it's true. The show's name is the Static show Shock. The show's name
3: is named Static Shock. I always thought that was interesting, is that they didn't, like... I yeah, his name they, had to like, be. like you name the show Static Shock. That's like being like Spider Man Web, mm. you know. Yeah, but this is weird. Um,
2: it is, but so like the shooting lightning thing is super cool. But then also like when he like runs low on energy, he can just like grab some power line, lines and, like, absorb more electricity. <laughs> some power lines? Some power lines. Did
1: he say power lines? Oh, yeah, he, he just hikes yeah. up
2: his power lines and gets <laughs> more energy. That's how we all do that's it, right?
3: That's
2: how I do it, yeah. So, Checks so I mean,
3: out. it was just one of those things where, like, I don't know. It's The thing is, I'm trying to think. I wonder if that's something that happens more than once.
2: I believe it does, because when he did that, like... I'm getting ahead of we're getting ahead of ourselves. But when yeah, he did that, I remember him doing that more than one time.
3: Okay, all right. Yeah, I, I, think I so yeah. I technically did watch a little bit more of Static Shock um, after selecting this episode, but that was based on. I felt like the animation quality in this particular episode was kind of lower than it usually is for Static Shock. I don't oh, know if you guys okay. have the
1: same feeling but there were definitely scenes that i felt like the quality kind of dipped a little
3: yeah i feel like any scene where it was static fighting permafrost the Mm. animation quality was kind of low so what i did was Mm -hmm. i went to season one and like checked out i think like episode two or three and it was just like nah, this looks good this looks like i remember it and then i checked season four and it was just like yeah this looks amazing so I feel like maybe they had the B team writing this. Yeah. Which maybe, is possible doing or, uh, the animation animating it. Drawing it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I know like for um specifically I think it was Batman the animated series, they had uh certain episodes being animated by like basically an A team and a B team. Yeah. And you can tell. Yeah.
1: The Venture Brothers quality. was the same way. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So I was wondering if it was something like that. I didn't look into it any further because I don't know if I'd even be able to find that information without actually like looking at the credits and doing a whole bunch of ridiculous research other than looking at a Wikipedia article, <laughs> uh, which I wasn't really willing to do. Um, mm. one of the things I was, I, one of the notes I had here was only kind of relevant if you guys hadn't seen it, uh, at all or had any idea, uh, one of the things that's interesting about Static Shock is it crosses over with a few other cartoons, uh, specifically Batman: The Animated Series, Justice oh, League, wow. and what I feel like is one of the best superhero cartoons, Batman Beyond. Um, so I'm is I'm that is that with uh, old Bruce Wayne? This. Well yeah, Batman Bat- Beyond has old Bruce Wayne as the mentor and, and then Terry and McGinnis as new Terry
1: Batman. McGinnis. Thank you. Yeah, I was I'm I was spacing on the 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 kid's name, but yeah, Terry McGinnis. That is a yeah. that is a really good series. We should definitely do an episode That's of that. That's definitely one I'm probably going to pick eventually, but I feel like yeah. I might end up going down the
3: rabbit hole on that one and just like binging it and then maybe going back and picking a series or picking an episode kind of like I did with Dragon Ball Super. Ah, Um, okay. Which hopefully, now that I realize that we might be switching up the order in which things air, hopefully that one's aired by now. Otherwise, spoilers, I'm doing Dragon Ball Super eventually. Um, (laughs) So, I picked this episode specifically because of its important subject matter and the lessons the characters learn, and because it was on a list of best static shock episodes which is one of the ways i usually pick (laughs) these episodes yep um so for anybody who doesn't know static shock because it's gonna be relevant for just like some of the terminology in this that's gonna sound weird if you don't understand it in the first episode of static shock uh a basically a gang war happens at some sort of chemical facility, and a whole bunch of teenagers get exposed to i forgot what they call it, but it was the the incident was called the big Bang mm. so and not the big bang from uh, <laughs> the t v show we were talking about earlier um this one basically caused mutations and powers to be distributed to anybody who was in that area, Uh, which
1: at the time, I think...
2: Not just the gang members, because we're not just like, everybody (laughs) that was a gang member has superpowers.
1: Well, I was gonna... I wanted to know, was Virgil part of the gang, or was he trying to prevent something, or why was he there?
3: I honestly can't remember, but he wasn't, like, joining the gang. I Mm. think he was there... He was just selling drugs to the gang. confronting someone? I don't remember. I wish I would looked this up. I didn't realize there would be questions. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But basically, the whole premise of the show is because they live in one of the Dakotas, or maybe just Dakota City is the name of where they are at. Mm -hmm. It's basically Midwest. So it's like, there's Mm -hmm. no supervillains running around, so they needed a way to create not only the hero, but explain how all these quote-unquote villains and antagonists are around because Mm. you're not going to just come across the joker in south dakota or whatever that'd be fucking
0: weird right yeah (laughs) he just walks out of a fucking cornfield
3: it's it's, yeah it's just a whole bunch of like why are you here and why am i here kind of thing i just
2: Uh, i just imagine i just imagine like the scene from uh from one of the more recent batman movies when when the joker's burning like a billion dollars in a warehouse <laughs> and he he's like it's not about the money it's about sending a message i imagine him just doing that to like a field in the middle of nowhere in the midwest being like it's not about the grass it's about sending a message <laughs> it's a bit way less intimidating i would say sorry go ahead it was funny to me that's all that matters Hold oh, on, Keith. Let oh, me have a few oh, more drinks. No, I think we lost Corey again. <laughs> no, no, I'm here. I'm oh, okay. reading a
1: Wikipedia article about oh, okay. the bang here.
2: I'll keep talking about the Joker burning grass then. I wish he would come and actually cut my lawn for me. Um, I need to put down the, <laughs> the Joker <seeds>
3: today. <laughs> what the fuck, Keith? What? You want the Joker to cut your you grass? You want the Joker? Yeah, to cut my yeah. grass with fire. I think would cut other things than your
2: grass. Oh, that's true probably a bad with fire
3: specifically
2: yeah well my lawn is so bad it's mostly weeds so i feel like i need to really just kind of like burn it all down and start from scratch you know it's kind of like how forest fires are actually healthy for a forest because it burns things down creates ash the ash actually like mixes into the soil and like you get new growth out of that that's healthier because it's like you know nutrient-rich
3: soil from the holy shit is the (laughs) This is dark. <laughs> this oh. is dark. Okay. Yeah, Keith Shaw. All right, so I'm just gonna read this this article here. <laughs> the Big Bang was a chemical explosion event near the docks of Dakota. It sparked the growth of the metahuman population in the city, with its victims known as Bang Babies. Oh God! Primarily... <laughs> <Is> that... <laughs> oh,
0: so yeah. that was
3: that was is the term. It... That was the term bang that comes baby. up a few times in this episode that, that I needed be... to
1: tell you about so you're not just like wait what why are we banging babies (laughs) they they say bang baby too during this episode i remember i heard it and i was like that's gonna be my intro name but i couldn't remember it again very
2: strange that we're having yet another crossover to the big bang theory with their bang babies
3: so. (laughs) Uh, uh, so several years after the city's previous ganged war Uh, dubbed the Dakota Riots, tensions were rising in Dakota again. All major crews were involved, but especially those of Wade and Francis F-Stop Stone. Uh, They converged at the docks near Gate 10. Wade had brought along Virgil Hawkins, thinking it was an opportunity for the boy to get rid of his bully, F-Stop, without going down for murder. Oh, wait. Virgil, however, wait, wait, wait was hesitant.
2: They didn't say that he was gonna they didn't say he wasn't gonna kill him. Just, he's gonna get rid of him without going down for murder, which basically means exactly. he has a good way to fucking murder him.
3: Yeah, and that way is a gun. Jeez. Virgil, however, was <laughs> hesitant and when he was given a gun to defend himself, the first thing he did was throw it into the water. This left him with no weapons in the fight and easy prey for F stop. The bully was about to beat him down when the police showed up with helicopters and squad cars. One of the rioters shot at one of the choppers, shooting out its searchlight. In retaliation, the police fired a tear tear gas grenade to quell the riot. Uh, The round subsequently struck a vat of biohazardous material that was stored on the lot in abundance. The vat exploded, causing a chain reaction with the other vats and filling the entire dock with purple smoke. Uh, All those at the scene were affected by the smoke, which spread well beyond the lot's borders. Virgil, uh, Dooley-Jones, and Troy were exposed when they tried to escape. Nina Crocker was overcome by the gas when she was cycling nearby. Basically, it lists off a whole bunch of people that end up being bang babies later.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're gonna Sorry. just laugh every time I ask. So every, every I mean,
2: every time I'm, I'm not a bang baby yet, but in the future, <laughs> <laughs> one day, one uh, day. Yeah.
3: So they basically use this event throughout the series, from what I remember, to explain like, like theoretically, based on the first episode or the first couple episodes, there should only be like maybe ten bang babies total, right? <laughs> Oh my god.
2: I mean, unless the bang <laughs> babies start doing more banging, <laughs> if the bang babies bang, then you'll have more bang babies. But at that point, aren't they more like bang bang babies?
3: <laughs> I wish I had the ability to mute both of you. Kind of like bang bang noodles. We got to switch to a different recording software so I can make, I can. Have
0: <laughs> I
3: wonder, can I do that? Because I
2: start this. Can I do that from my end? I don't know.
3: I don't uh... think I can. The thing is, if you did, I would have no idea that I was uh... muted.
2: I could actually just hit an X and make you guys drop.
3: Oh, wonderful. maybe was, that's
2: what's maybe, maybe the, that's
3: what you've been doing.
2: <laughs> yeah, just I'm just <laughs> He's fucking the Cory, yeah, because Cory, Cory's got internet Cor- left and yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you have, you have this great fiber optic internet, and I'm just like, do you click? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't been doing that, by the way.
3: Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> so, uh, getting into the episode, uh, the intro actually gives a lot of what to expect in this show with Virgil, a.k.a. Static, having to fight a bunch of villains and still make it to school on time.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm.
3: Uh, the quality there is actually pretty it's, good. I feel like it's but very... of course, with sp- any intro, that it should be. It's like very like
0: Spider-Man-esque,
2: yeah. where it's like superhero, yes. yet yes. he has all of these yep. personal life responsibilities like school, family, church, mm. like friends, yep. like all these things that he's trying to balance, which makes it feel very familiar...
1: Then, I like, like it.
2: That's that's where like the similarity between this and Spider-Man like end though. Like they have that mm. one common grain, I feel like.
1: Yeah. But it, yeah. it, it well, helps I, you I connect like to the a, character. Exactly he, because everybody yeah. loves Spider-Man. True. Yeah. Well, that because Spider-Man's very relatable because, you know, or yeah. at least growing was, up watching the <laughs> Spider-Man movies, you know, I, I I could relate cuz I was around that age. It 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 felt that, you know. But yeah, all right, I'll shut up.
3: <laughs> well, just like, well cuz if you think about it like with other superheroes, like it's kind of hard to relate to Superman. Right.
2: I don't know what you're talking about.
3: It's, all right, well Keith could relate cuz he's an alien from another planet with No, an, an I have strength. I
2: have lots of kryptonite.
3: <laughs> no, all right. Keith doesn't know what Superman is even. Okay. Confirmed <laughs> um, <laughs> I said the word I said the kryptonite I have no idea oh, what Oh sorry does. Oh yeah uh, yeah. Uh. yeah get shit on <laughs> <laughs> It's not in the holiday spirit at all Jeez. <laughs> Corey's getting what violent What when, 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 when you record a Christmas episode in September <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> You are not in the spirit sir oh man all that snow on the ground wow it's crazy the holiday season um yeah but like even even batman like not many people out there have the you know luxury of relating to you know a a millionaire billionaire whatever right uh hopefully not on the other end but you know deceased parents that were killed in an alley you know but like spider-man very relatable. Picked on in high school. Uh, yeah, we all had like an Uncle he was ben literally. Was he, he was literally. Yeah. <laughs> he was literally like aimed at all the kids that would be likely reading his comic. Mm-hmm. You know, slightly nerdy, uh, maybe picked on a little bit, wishing mm-hmm. they had more power. And then you know the comic goes on to explain that with great power comes great responsibility. Mm -hmm. you know and stuff like that and like just trying to balance work uh life right you know and having to keep your secret because every instance in which spider-man's secret identity gets out is like a horrible thing for Mm -hmm. him because of the people around him yeah yeah and it's a little bit it's not quite like that with static because like from the jump Uh, from what I remember at least, his friend Richie always knows that he's static. And with his look and the fact that he's in a relatively white (laughs) town, I I feel like it's... it's Like, almost everybody should know that he is static also, but I guess you put a mask (laughs) on in the DC Universe. I feel like or Corey, you take glasses off <laughs> Corey, it's this, like this, one of those things
2: this is like this is like the town that we grew up in though because honestly like <sighs> if if one of the black kids in our town happened to be a superhero
3: everybody <laughs> would be like it didn't it didn't like hide their face or their hair right like you could match it yeah. to their hair it's just like who has this no, hair you'd,
2: you'd have to do full-on like facial prosthetics like it would have to yeah, be like, like a very a convincing. Helmet. Yeah, it would have to be a four-hour makeup job before you went and, like, fought crime or or a helmet. Yeah, you're right. That's probably way more efficient. And he doesn't
3: change his voice at all. So, like, (laughs) later in this episode, he leaves his girlfriend to go take a shit. (laughs) <laughs> and then, yeah. like, well, comes back to her talking in the same voice, and he's just like, know. yeah, I don't know you. You
2: know how he sells it, though? He calls her the wrong name.
3: And yeah. she's like,
2: no, it's actually, she's like, oh, no, it's Daisy. And he's like, oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Like, only in the fucking DC universe does this shit happen with Superman taking yeah. glasses off and no yeah. one knowing it's Clark Kent. It's, it's DC logic. That's one of the thing. that's one of my issues with DC overall, I think. Yeah. So, starting this episode off, Static sets the scene for how his day is going, listing all the heroics he's done, uh, making him wait for a holiday party for his friend Frida. Um, and I had to do a whole bunch of, like, research to... F- figure out who all these characters were to him at this point in the story, because...
0: Mm.
2: This is the problem with picking something from, like, season two.
0: Yeah. Well, the
3: thing is, like, there's two girls in this that he interacts with. One of them is his friend, and one of them is his girlfriend, but I think later on that first friend becomes his girlfriend, so it's like, I'm trying to think, like, wait, does this guy have two girls already? So Pip and hose
2: nationwide. I mean, you could technically like if, you, if, if you're if you're a superhero, you're ha- you're allowed to have a uh you know, normal identity girlfriend a and, a, and a yeah. super in a superhero girlfriend, right? Yeah, I mean that that's
3: not based on Spider Man because he had yep. uh black cat and Mary Jane for they, most of that.
2: There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's allowed. As yep. long as no that's it's the a real side reason, kick,
3: it's side chick.
2: Yeah, it's a <laughs> It's, ah! it's it's the real reason why he needs nobody to find out who he is, because that just gets terrible. Oh, yeah. Now Spider-Man's a little less relatable today.
3: <laughs> so, after arriving late and drawing Frida's ire, uh, he's having a conversation with his best friend Richie, uh, going over all the holiday parties he's supposed to be attending, name dropping Kwanzaa, Ramadan. <laughs> I yeah, like, all while they were all tr- while at a celebration of Hanukkah. They were so they really
1: trying to do in too the much. Midwest. Yeah, they're, they're in the tr- Dakotas,
2: <laughs>
3: which I yeah in
2: the Dakotas. There, there's <laughs> in a very the Dakotas. he has the most diverse group of friends yes. in mm-hmm. the Midwestern United States. <laughs>
3: Oh, man, yeah. And it's like... Uh, I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to have this be an all-inclusive episode. Totally. There's I some get, lessons to be learned. in this instance here, they're they're
1: way doing too much. Because it's just like, <laughs> dude... Really? It, <laughs> if it kind of felt like something from 2022. Nah, maybe. Mm.
3: So, the power then goes out at Frida's party, and Richie basically has to twist... Uh, Virgil's arm into checking it out because he's more concerned with eating some food um, they determine that something is going awry that static should take a look into Oh, which, and guess, by the way
2: he finds out by using his hand charging yeah, static electricity little... to pick up the radio frequencies of like probably cop cars or something
3: emergency
1: vehicles yeah, yeah
2: and to like find out that like the the power station has been, like, buried under ice, like, instantly.
1: That's impressive. At least, like, I thought that was an impressive power.
3: See, that's one of those things that's on the borderline of, like, is it impressive or is it just ridiculous? Or,
2: yeah, was it just to facilitate the storyline?
1: From from a science perspective, the fact that he's able to control magnetic fields and electricity makes sense, Maxwell's equations electromagnetic static forces are all, you know, everything's connected. Totally, I totally agree. Um, Totally agree. I know all that. So, (laughs) just from like a a, a physics standpoint, I was like, oh yeah, his powers, letting him do that, okay, I can kind of see from like a physics standpoint that making sense. So, I genuinely love his superpowers. Um, And I was impressed by, by the fact that that's how he gathered information.
2: Tom, I agree with you that I love his superpowers. I just wish that you were this supportive with me. My ideas. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> like, <laughs> No, shut up, Tom. Before we go. <laughs>
3: so, at the power plant, question mark, uh, Virgil discovers the workers trying to deal with a literal ice cube on... See, this is the thing, is I don't know power plants, so what, the main transformer? Uh, is it's something. Th- it's more like a, a... I have no idea
1: what it was.
2: I feel like it was a power station. It's not like a power plant. No one, way too small. No one small. said the I,
1: words, so... I, I can't remember what it looks like. If I remembered what it looked like, I'd be able to tell you, but it I,
2: was, I, I... It was a small-ish building that had, like, a lot of power lines and transformers and stuff around it.
3: Yeah, but it's, like, literally encased in ice... Uh, so he uses Thundershock and it was uh, super effective despite not having a type <laughs> advantage.
2: Which, hold on. Um, I understand that lightning's going to have some heat, but I feel like just shocking a bunch of that ice... that a little
3: bit in this episode. Yeah,
2: because like shocking a bunch of ice is like... It's not going to melt it like fire. Like It's going to heat mm. it up, but like you have to... I feel like the lightning has to heat something that therefore melts the ice. I feel like you can't just like... Hit a block of ice with lightning and be like, "Oh look, it melted." It'd be like, "No, it would." It I would wonder explode. if he's heating
1: through induction. Like, I I wonder if he's he's generating uh, eddy oh, currents within yeah. the surrounding, and, and and he's he's generating heat that way.
2: Yeah, but the thing is, uh, from a physics it, standpoint, I think his superpowers can if, do this. Even if but he's not heating quite through, how yeah, they but drew even it. if he's heating through induction, it would have to be a ferrous material that he's heating
1: there's stuff though there's stuff in the air i i i just like i imagine his superpower it allows him to use anything really oh, yeah. in the air to the... be able to do this stuff
2: yes all the iron floating around there. Well... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not trying to punch this many holes in it, but it's just one of those things where I was just like, okay, all right, right. you melted ice with lightning. Okay.
1: Keith, lightning's pretty hot.
2: Yeah, that's true. It is true. I mean, which makes sense, because after he does that, he looks pretty fucking Yeah, why are you shitting all over my boy's static? It took a lot of uh, energy, (laughs) I guess, to... to shit out all that lightning. Quit. I
3: hate it sucks that it has to come out of his butthole. (laughs) You know (laughs) I mean the thing is though is Corey but wait
1: (laughs) let me let me phrase it this way though.
3: Sometimes he blows up the toilet when he's trying to take a shit. I was (laughs) just going to say you know (laughs) imagine
1: explain that to his father Dad (laughs) we need a new toilet. (laughs) Had too much Taco Bell. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Uh, when you're done shitting lightning, you do feel like a superhero. What, you're crapping thunder? Yes. <laughs> His father's like, damn, lightning hit the pipes again, huh? Oh.
3: <laughs> so, icicles start randomly raining down, and Static has to recharge really quick to avoid being skewered. These are, these are, uh,
2: these are stalactites. Like they're giant stalactites of ice, icicles.
1: Yep. Sure. They're they're not. He got the he got the He's, right one. Yeah, struggled. It's he not, struggled not really hard on it. it's stalactites. It's stalactites. You know got why? that right. You know why? keith has got the big brain. Do you, do you know? Do you know? The He's trick? gonna say it. Yeah. He's gonna say it because Sakey.
2: stalactites hold tight to the ceiling, and stalagmites <laughs> grow on the floor. And if they get big enough, they might reach the ceiling. Yep. So, and I think I learned that Is from Is really
3: the way they taught it in I, school? <laughs> yeah. well,
2: no, no, I think I learned that from Hello from the Magic Tavern.
1: Uh oh, no, Reddit. I genuinely remember being hmm. taught that No, in I'm pretty school. sure
2: I'm pretty sure Adel refied one time explained it on there he, and I was he like, said oh, that shit. too?
1: No, but I laughed because I remember learning th- it that way oh, in well, middle school. Uh,
2: but you you paid attention and me and Corey didn't. So Well, yeah. So well,
1: that's why I could well, really enjoy that they, joke. Maybe
3: they maybe they explained it differently in level two, as opposed to like level three and four where you guys were. Oh, but they level just kept it fucking simple for us because they were just like, "Oh, stalactites are on top." Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! And then once you know that, you don't need a stupid fucking oh, saying for the other one.
2: So st- I was gonna say stalagmites are on modem yeah so <laughs> well
3: they're certainly not on mops. So. i thought
2: i thought that you were gonna say that they were just like oh yeah uh you're you're dumb you're never gonna see these in real life so we're not gonna learn about <laughs> those
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh uh have you guys ever seen them though because i have in real life yeah. i've been to house caverns I, somewhere in new york when uh, when we
3: went to like- ireland there was a cave ah. we went to on a tour. Hmm. I don't remember the name of the cave, but I'm sure... I but you
1: knew what the, the difference between stalactites and yeah. stalactites, and that's yeah, all that, that really that matters. Top,
3: but I didn't need a whole fucking paragraph like Heath said to figure it out.
2: I, I, feel, like, I feel like if you... <laughs> the thing is, regardless, though, I feel like if you know the difference between the two, when you see them <laughs> in in nature you feel the responsibility to immediately Um, tell everybody like you're a fucking tour guide. Like, these are stalactites, and those are (laughs) stalagmites.
3: See, Keith, what you're doing is you're exposing uh, the people... uh, Sorry to drag you down with me. Oh, God. The people who know less, because (laughs) once you finally see something where you're just like, I know a fact about this, you need to tell it. Yeah. Whereas Tom, someone like Tom, who knows a lot about <laughs> most things, he doesn't need to let you know because that's just like a matter of fact thing. Oh, so. It's not like, oh, this is my only information about this object.
2: So, my problem is that every time I know a fact about anything, I feel the sudden urge to inform everybody. <laughs> so, that explains a lot about me,
3: huh? <laughs> I have I have it just means you were really punching up in those level three classes. I
2: just you know <laughs> I didn't actually speak up a whole lot during class, so I feel like I'm getting it all out in my adult life, but the problem is it's still all like middle school knowledge. <laughs> like it's like I finally understand all of those concepts and I'm trying to tell people that are almost forty and they're like, dude, you have kids, what are you doing? <laughs> Like, stop coming up with new rhymes for
3: stalactites. It's weird, man.
0: <laughs> Alright,
3: uh, so... While Static is looking around for the Pokemon that used Icicle Crash on him, a young, blues, uh, bluish-skinned homeless girl asks if he can spare any change. He blows her off, saying that now isn't a good time, and walks off.
2: He also did, like, pays no fucking attention to the fact that this girl, given her complexion, is basically dying.
3: Like... Yeah. She's,
2: (laughs) like, about to keel over and just fucking freeze solid.
3: Yeah, like... This is one of those things where, for the sake of the... I feel like never... In any realistic sense of the character, would he actually treat her this way?
2: No, they did it for the lesson. But
3: for the sake of the story and the Mm. lessons learned, he has to start from such a low point. And then learn and get better. <laughs> for this, um, because for this, this wouldn't one even episode. be an episode if he was just like, "Oh man, you look really cold. Let me get you somewhere." Right. You know, say, "You know, this whole episode's fucking over. It doesn't well, exist."
2: The thing is, they they could have, and he had what seemed like a little bit of like distracted concern, like he was concerned for like where the hell that stuff came from. But like he could have just had a little bit more urgency, where he was just like, oh, "Not now. I gotta find this. like you know." He yeah. instead of just being like, "No." Like at, like, he gave, he her, gave the her a cold full rejection, shoulder. and then he, like, yeah. walked
3: away. <laughs> he was just like... Eh. Well, that's the thing. If his main concern was figuring out who just attacked him, at some point he gives up on figuring it out, and he doesn't go back to, like, help her. He yeah, true. Leaves. He's just true. like, right, I'm going fucking home. We're, we're on to the next day. <laughs> He's act.
2: like, that girl's definitely dead by now, so... Whoops. Yeah.
3: So, <laughs> after he does that, we, the audience, can tell something... Uh, isn't quite right mentally with this girl with the way she's talking, repeating certain things, uh, but of course Static, Static is oblivious to it for the sake of the story. Uh, the next day, Virgil gets nailed by a snowball by Richie as he's grabbing the newspaper, which should be, explained to listeners what a newspaper is. Do they still have these? Man, it's my grandmother gets one. I'll I'll explain it.
2: It's it's something that uh, the Taliban makes you hold up in front of a camera to
1: prove that you're alive. (laughs) God damn, Keith! Is that not? (laughs) I mean, you're. I mean, it's accurate, but (laughs) I mean, if if, um, I answered on Jeopardy, that's not the
3: first way I
2: would. If I I answered on Jeopardy,
1: what is? Now a we're on the
2: list because you said the T-word. Oh, sorry. Damn, Keith. So, so, what is a thing that Al-Qaeda makes you hold Jesus, up in front of you? That a camera?
0: Now you said the
2: T-word! That's what happens. They make you hold up a newspaper so they know that you're alive <laughs> on a certain day.
3: So, anyway... <laughs>
2: I'm going to start taking birthday pictures of myself every year, just holding up a newspaper. (laughs) Just being like, look, I was alive on this day.
0: Oh, my God. So Richie
3: informs Virgil that he's signed him up to appear as Static, lighting the 50-foot Christmas tree. Uh, Richie is adding even more to Static's already packed schedule, and he's not too thrilled about it but he moves on from it. He actually uh, he,
2: he seemed like it was like kind of cool. Like he was yeah, just like Well yeah,
3: it's like but like in, at in the same vacuum, time it's a great thing. Yeah. But at the same but time like he doesn't like, have he's time got so much. Yeah. yeah. So later at the mall Virgil is with his he girlfriend Daisy. What the fuck?
2: Oh, Tom's got visitors. It's okay, Tom. Let him on.
1: Let's do a Q&A. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> no. Tom's, it was,
3: was that Tom's porn
1: video? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, so You're I really muted. It, him it happened so quick
3: with that music <laughs> right,
1: that it was like I. All right, I'll tell you. Okay, so I muted my mic because I was still laughing at the shit Keith said just a few moments ago um about the newspapers i had to mute it cuz i kept laughing and uh then i realized oh crap i need to set my alarm so i i asked uh amazon to set my alarm and i <laughs>
3: didn't it. want to say
1: alexa i didn't want to say it that's why i said it that way mm. yeah so It confirmed it, and I'm like, "Oh, good." It it confirmed it. So I unmuted my mic, and then the bitch goes, "Do you want to know the weather? Do you want to know the weather as well when you wake up?" Pornhub back on, and I was like, "God damn it!" Right when I unmuted, she starts talking again, and I tried to mute it fast, but I knew, I knew I got caught. And then I'm like, "Oh shit!" And because there's a slight delay. I was like, okay. I started counting like one Mississippi, two Mississippi, <laughs> and then that's when it threw Corey off. I'm like, God damn it, Alexa! Oh, so, God damn it! I just, oh, <laughs>
2: I it. I you just, know, it's
1: really awesome. If, play Pornhub. No, no. <laughs> if you headphones. if you say if you say God damn it, it right long. after you say her name. She just cancels. That's great. <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, it was amazing because I saw the light just go right off. The Anyhow. The, NS, uh, the, N- we...
2: the NSA was like, oh, he's onto us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, these bastards. Th- this doesn't count towards our uh, total view count, does it? When the NSA is listening no. to us. They're yeah, going to listen to us through that's a proper Even
3: Before it's even... Like, edited and right. put
2: out,
1: yeah. Yeah, they need to listen to us on the right channels and they need to give us a five star rating.
2: Yeah. And if they do, maybe we'll cut oh, out I that stuff about the Taliban. <laughs> no, probably not. Yeah,
3: guys, a uh, five star rating would really help us out.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, so, yeah. anyway, later at the mall, Virgil is with his girlfriend Daisy, Christmas shopping. Uh, also at the mall, uh, that blue skinned homeless girl is begging for change and Daisy and Virgil take notice of her and Virgil recognizes her as her presence seems to be causing windows at the mall to frost up.
2: So real, real quick, I feel like this was like another hit to Virgil's character is that like Daisy's like, Oh, well, what are you getting? What are we going to get your sister? And he was like, hmm. well, I don't know. Do they sell muzzles here? Or he said something about, like, do they have a pet
3: store that sells muzzles or something? Typical brother-sister rivalry. I
2: think it's somewhat typical. I feel like they were also just kind of like, I feel like this episode, they were really trying to play, like, a full arc in the episode of him just kind of be like, oh, I'm a superhero. I'm trying to do publicity stunts. Like, I'm not really caring about other people at this moment. Like,
3: I don't know. Well, he's just a superhero that's completely overwhelmed by everything right yeah. now. Think about how school. crazy oh, the yeah. holiday season is for True.
1: normal humans in real life. He's relatable. Totally relatable. Because <laughs> Tom, I, I mean, Tom would have bought a I, muzzle
2: for many people.
1: <laughs> and I, too, have superpowers, so... Well, physics. I totally get the we. So I totally understand static.
2: No, no, static shoots lightning, and Tom craps thunder. The, the, mm. They are they are <laughs> a very formidable duo. It's actually just Tom. Like, um, it's kind of like when somebody gets knocked out, but then somebody else does the trash talking. Like, static shoots all the lightning, and then Tom just so shits. The hype man. Yeah, he just he just shits really loudly. Like, yeah,
0: boy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, yep. Flavor
2: yeah, Flav
1: still so, so alive, right? I hope so. Oh man, I, I hope I, so I, too. I hope so, I but so. I don't know how. It would break my heart if he's not, dude. Flavor of
2: Love was on what fifteen years ago, probably. Jesus, Stop or, it! You're making
1: I'm, me feel old.
2: I'm I'm just throwing out a number. I'm pretty sure it was that long ago, though. And he looked,
3: he looked crispy.
2: Yeah, he looked good. <laughs>
3: cool.
0: He looked crunchy. <laughs> uh, flavor flavor, uh. please keep listening if you're alive. Flavor <laughs> flavor.
2: Oh, shit. So, he's actually... He was born in 1959. He's only 63 right now.
1: He's my uncle's age. Which mm. is... Not that that matters, but... I had to blurt it.
2: Um... When was Flavor of Love though? Flavor of no, Love. No, I aired... think we're
1: good. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, I just want to know so... like what years it aired. It was two thousand six to two thousand eight. So. Oh
1: good lord.
2: Yeah, two thousand six was math. Tom, do the math.
1: Don't do that 16, to me.
2: Sixteen years ago. Thank you.
3: See, Sorry. I could have just edited it so you. Sounded like you had it instantly. Sixteen
1: <laughs> oh. years ago. Wait, wait, wait. Here we go. Sixteen years ago, Keith. <laughs> Come on, hey, get with it. Math. <laughs> yeah.
3: So, Virgil quickly excuses himself to go crap thunder, uh, <laughs> and change into static and attempt to confront the girl. Um. So, while he's taking a shit and changing into static. Uh, the girl is in a store checking out some things that she obviously can't afford, and the employee working at the store is, you know, wh- what he sees is a, a young homeless girl who probably smells, you know, realistically. Well, with it being cold.
2: Yeah, she's preserved. Yeah, I was going to say, she doesn't, uh, yeah.
3: but, you know, run down, ragged, whatever. So he's, like, trying to escort her out of the store. You know, typical thing that no real-life employee would probably be doing because no one wants confrontation. True. Yeah. But in a cartoon and in a, you know, TV Christmas series, of course, episode that's how it would be. holiday yeah.
1: episode. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So... I'll teach a lesson. When he touches her, uh, she instinctively... Her powers kick in and she freezes his hand. He's lucky he didn't lose the hand. To be honest, um, oh, yeah. we knew we
2: don't confirm that.
3: Well, who knows? We we don't we yeah. don't see him again. Um, her powers start going out of control and she causes a whole bunch of chaos in the mall. Um, one of the things he had said to her, I believe, was, "You don't belong here." And she then yells, "I don't belong anywhere!" And she starts running. Um, Static uses his powers to avoid being crushed by an ice pillar, which was yet another instance of him using his electricity as flamethrower. This was actually <laughs> a hole through the middle of it.
2: This was a like slightly different though because like he had the metal disc with him. So I was thinking like if you use the electricity to heat up the metal disc, and the metal disc was doing the melting. Like, he
1: could create lasers. He could focus electrons. He could create yeah. electron I mean, beams. So he could literally do this from say, a physics standpoint. I would say
2: the the speed at which his metal disc and lightning melted through that like two story column was pretty impressive. And then he cut a door, a very accurately squared off door, just using it all lightning checks at the out. Bottom.
1: It all works physics wise.
2: Yeah. Okay. I, hey, a All scientist right. said it, so I mean... <laughs> a,
1: a doctor, so, a professor just told you, Keith. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm... Jeez. Yeah. Tom, Tom, dropped the P word on you, Keith. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, yeah. Like, like, you hear that
3: sound, Keith?
2: Yeah, Tom. Tom, you might want to... You want to calm, the sound com, of, calm the sound of, your
3: pants sound. Sound of the P hitting the forehead, Keith. Yeah, Keith. I don't... Keith,
1: you got a concussion, Keith? Please, <laughs> Tom... <laughs> Tom, we're I, both we were both Irish. We've been on this. Drop it, it on the table.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> that probably sounds horrible in the recording. I don't even know. What it Picked up. Sounded sounded oh, fine over it, here. It but sounded pretty good. It's that was pretty good. It didn't. I'm lucky it didn't ruin everything. It
2: sounded like a dead <laughs> body <laughs> dropping.
1: <laughs> it sounded like oh, what my what it, big. <laughs> Member across Keith's forehead. 12. Tom's sounded
2: like Tom's fifteen-year degree. <laughs>
1: Smacking Keith in the forehead. Smacking me
2: in the forehead.
1: That
3: means his degree is more powerful,
0: Keith.
2: It's more. It is way yep. more powerful than my year and a half of effort. You're right. <laughs>
3: uh, so our blue-skinned uh, big baby here starts having a flashback. <laughs> Hey, I wrote it in the notes, so I'm I'm reading it as I wrote it. Uh, Uh, Thank you. I don't care that it causes Tom to fucking go into a fit of laughter. Uh, (laughs) That's triggered by seeing a small girl uh, cowering in fear as her mother tries to protect her, telling her everything will be okay. Um, In this flashback, it's Christmas, and this young girl is even younger with her sick mother, um trying to decorate a christmas tree her oh
1: mother gives Corey? her yeah uh i'm sorry to interrupt uh i was watching this while cooking dinner on my my uh tablet and you cook dinner on your tablet no 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 I, I had the tablet set up on the counter while i was cooking dinner <laughs> it's uh, an induction but... tablet yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I use my superpowers to to yeah. Anyhow, um, I was watching it, but because it was so far away, uh, I I couldn't see so well. And when it showed the mother, I swear it. I thought she had like a. a <laughs> dick dastardly kind of uh or snidely whiplash kind of mustache no you know and and i i had i went back and i hit rewind i hit the like 15 second rewind and i looked because i i actually came up close to see what the hell was going on and i felt awful that i thought it was a mustache at first 'Cause once I could see it I was like, Oh my god, this is tragic. This is terrible because I hadn't finished the whole scene. I just jumped mm-hmm. back because I was like, Was that a mustache? But, I mean, you but know. You,
2: know. <laughs> you know what though? Let's let's take something good out of this. I mean, we can all we can all maybe just think that if you had a mommy that had a mustache, the phrase mustache mommy is <laughs> <laughs> It's just fine, you know? <laughs> what the fuck Walk up to somebody tomorrow and just go, who's your mustache mommy? You're
3: just
1: you're gonna ask her who's your mustache mommy? Yeah, who's your mustache oh, mommy? We know what the shirt is for this episode. <laughs> who's your oh, Who's man. your mustache you
2: mommy? You mustache mommy?
3: <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Oh
1: that's great. I actually so want I want I want a shirt.
2: Their... I want a shirt that says who's your mustache mommy. We actually have to do this one. No. Well, no, lucky no. for you, we're we're months away from Christmas.
1: Oh god.
3: Oh, <laughs> I,
2: I guess. I asked for something that
3: Okay. Which is not granted. Yeah. Uh <laughs> So, I'm ordering what they're it they're talking about what the whole Dick Dastardly mustache <laughs> is. She has a breathing apparatus on her face.
2: Yeah, she's she's got a- oxygen. oxygen. I, be- I believe they call them like the cannules. Sure. It's like that tube that goes just in like the first yeah, like half, half nostrils, inch of your yeah. nose. Yeah. So,
3: hmm. uh, this next part is a little bit weird and probably a bit abstract because this is her memories of the situation, but um, from our perspective, an angry, uh, dark-shrouded, scowling man walks through and leaves, slamming the door behind him, Uh, and it causes the mother to have a coughing fit, and eventually... Uh, Well, presumably die. We don't see it happen, but the ambulance is there. And then Child Protective Services tries to leave with the girl. Um, But she doesn't want to leave with them. She wants to go with her mother because she can't quite understand what just happened. And she has the ornament that her mother wanted her to put on top of the Christmas tree. And she trips and it shatters. Um, So back in the present day, after... Um, all the mall chaos is, you know, finished, uh, Virgil and Richie help out at a food drive for the homeless. Uh, they discuss what happened at the mall and after giving a speech, uh, to a complaining Virgil about being tireless and dedicated, uh, Richie decides to take off early because he's not a superhero. (laughs) Um... Next, we basically have a little bit of a PSA moment with Virgil, his father, and Reverend uh, Anderson um, talking about how all that Virgil is complaining about um, moving around this stuff is helping uh, get poor families uh, through the holidays and providing food and you know, necessities that they'll need. Um, His father and Reverend Anderson give him some statistics about the homeless population and stress how important it is to help. Uh, Virgil is trying to get ready in the next scene for Daisy's Kwanzaa party uh, when he gets a call from Richie telling him how a snowstorm has turned up on the turnpike and is causing a whole bunch of chaos so he rushes out aesthetic to go confront that situation i just want um, to throw
2: this out there real quick yeah does anyone know what kwanzaa
3: is it is a holiday
2: i yeah that's
3: that's yep. about the extent of my, it, that's the extent of my information yeah i
2: know it's a holiday it happens either on or right around christmas as well
3: that's yeah, we all. we we all grew up in the same very very white state I, of Connecticut, uh, Keith, in a very white town that does not teach us anything other than uh, Christmas and Hanukkah, basically. Well,
1: I I remember in elementary school, I actually remember one of my elementary school teachers did like do a a lesson about Kwanzaa, but of course this was like thirty years ago at this point yeah so i just remember like certain colors being used and i think there were candles involved but uh i was gonna ask you guys and keith this is why i said your name a moment ago i was gonna say don't feel bad keith because i was gonna ask if any of you could explain to me what happens at a kwanzaa party because I don't know, so I was just hoping one of you might be able to tell me because so, I'm not, I, I don't know.
2: Very quickly, it's, I, I googled it, because oh. you know,
0: mm-hmm.
2: why not just google?
0: Yeah,
2: uh, let's
1: educate ourselves. It's
2: an annual celebration of African-American culture from December 26th to January 1st. Damn, they get like Ooh. a half a week, or more than a half a week, it's like five days. It, culmin, oh, it culminates in is a, a
3: feast. Hanukkah, like an uh, entire week? oh uh, i guess that's true
2: fuck we just get screwed with christmas and christmas eve like we get like a half day for christmas eve and then christmas day and then it's like back to work jabroni
1: this is this is a great uh holiday episode <laughs> it's, I'm so, I'm, dude, I'm, it's gonna be
3: so awkward in three months when we're filled with holiday cheer and then we listen. Yeah, to this. We're just doing a random episode that has nothing to do with winter or Christmas or the holidays. No, because we're gonna be like, hey, our kids opened and it's Christmas gonna, presents and yesterday. It's air in March. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. So it
2: is. It is based on the African harvest festival traditions from various parts of West and Southeast Africa. And mm. it's been it's been celebrated starting well. The original celebration was in nineteen sixty six. So, like, I mean, old, but relatively new.
1: Right. Given, like, you know... Compared to the other, you know, yeah. holidays going on at the same time, yeah.
2: Yeah. But I guess it's a, yeah. it's like a harvest festival celebration kind of thing. Okay. Cool.
3: Ho, ho, ho! Whoa. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Corey here, asking for you to give us the gift... Of your five-star rating on iTunes or Apple Podcast or whatever your podcatcher is, if it has a rating system, give us the highest one you possibly can. That's the gift that keeps on giving. Back in the show here, uh, Static confronts the blue skin girl. He finally asks her name, and she says, the voice is in the dark. They call me something Mm-hmm. permafrost which honestly is not a bad name for an ice theme villain totally yeah, an i like character it. i feel like yeah. there are so many out there but like this one actually sounds pretty cool i feel yeah. like
2: though is explaining it as like the voices in the dark i'm like oh this bitch is crazy well
3: that's like that's, yeah that's the point yeah like, she's She's dealing with mental illness. They're
2: trying to like, yeah, like, like they, <laughs> they succinctly explain that it's not just the voices; it's the voices in the dark. Like, well, I don't know. We're
3: gonna see where that probably is in a
2: children's TV. Oh, that's true. In a you know, children's TV show. It's like the voice TV in the show, back
3: of my head. Well, the thing is, she probably doesn't realize it's the other people. The homeless people in her area probably came up with that name for her. True, but from her perspective, she probably doesn't notice them that much. So, yeah, so she just was, hears them you know, talking. That's about my her. expect, or that's my interpretation of it. I guess. Um, so he tries to get her to come along with him, uh, but she has a hallucination that she's the uh, he's the child service lady from the flashback. And she super sands up and runs from him, <laughs> like pretty much just an actual like.
2: Rah! No, and I mean, given the depths. fact that she's, the voices that she admits to, the fact that she's having a visual and probably auditory hallucinations, she's schizophrenic. Like they've they've nailed multiple, and I'm I'm not a doctor, so I'll let Tom weigh in on this one, but. Um, <laughs> what? I
1: I'm sorry. I just was He's so a happy. Of everything. <laughs> I know. I just just the acknowledgement makes me so happy. Thank oh, you. Okay.
2: <laughs> so, but I feel like they're I feel like they're leaning that route. They don't say it. They don't come out and say it. But I feel like that's just storyline wise. They're trying to push it. Anyway, sorry.
3: So completely off topic, and probably derailing us a little bit, but. This is the grossest thing that just happened to me. <laughs> I've been drinking water out of um, this new coffee mug that I got. And I just tasted a little bit of coffee. And I Ooh. almost puked all over the place. Because they're just Ew. like, oh, that's not right.
2: Oh,
3: Because, oh. wait,
2: did you leave coffee in there?
3: Well, no, I washed it, or it was washed earlier today, and then I started using it for water. Yeah, because I needed something for the podcast, and it's just like I just got like that faint like uh, coffee yeah. taste. It yeah, like, you, oh, you where can't. Where did that my. come from? You
2: you can't use coffee things for water. I've done that, like coffee, like permanently scents, uh, mm. unless there, unless it's like
3: a glass. Or... Well, it's like a reusable, like a... Me- it's not... Like a plastic. Yeah, but it's like a plastic. We went to... Oh, man. You know, I... We were trying to figure out what to talk about before this episode. I went to the Big E, finally. <laughs> really? Yeah, oh, I yeah Rent Don't buy. It's... Uh, as someone who had never been there before, mm. not worth the hype. Yeah. I... So, I
2: want to say I had the same experience, but probably like 10 years ago, where like Nikki found out that I never went to the Big E, and she wasn't like really pushing me to go, but she was just like, we had a free weekend, we didn't have kids yet or anything, and we, she was just like, oh, she's like, we should just go to the Big E this weekend. Like, you know, she's like, my other friend wants to go, and she's like, you've never been. And I was like, okay. And then like, we got there and we went to the Big E, and I was like, okay. So, it's just like a regular town fair, but like, bigger
3: bigger <laughs> and not with more things just more repetitive just more repeating things yeah because it's mm-hmm. like here's here's the same food place how, every every uh like 10 feet
2: yeah how many funnel kicks mm. like stands? yeah you fucking name?
3: yeah it, it's it's super confusing because if you don't have the map you keep thinking you've just been circling around because you're just like oh i already saw this place yeah. Oh, I already saw this place. But <laughs> amongst all that, there's, like, nestled a few places that are one-offs, and the problem is, if you settle for something else before then, it's just like, well, I'm full already. I don't want to fucking get your wings now. Yeah. Because I already had the fucking chicken finger, or, uh, chicken tenders from the other shitty place. Yeah. And now I'm full, so, great.
2: Yeah, I and did. we
3: didn't do any rides because I don't like rides, really. Well, honestly, and, if you're going to yeah. do
2: rides, though, you go to a professional park. I feel like if you do yeah. rides at a fair, you're taking your life into your hands. Like, yeah. those rides <laughs> are set up that in, like, a fucking day. The,
3: yeah.
2: No, I mean, the thing is, I, I imagine that they're following the instructions uh, in, you know, putting everything together. The thing is, I don't trust a ride that gets Assembled and disassembled a thousand times, like yeah. there there are parks where they assemble the ride, and they're engineered to perfection, and then they stay there and they just maintain them. They don't fucking take them apart every night, like
0: yeah.
2: or every other week or whatever it is. I don't know. Sounds yeah, like so we you're just not, not a risk taker, not that kind of risk.
1: <laughs> so
3: oh, yeah, it was just like. <laughs> not worth the hype for me. Yeah. I, I could have done that without leaving the state.
2: Yeah, I could have just gone to the Apple Harvest this weekend.
3: Yeah, the Apple Harvest. I could have gone to the Durham Fair. All all places that I'd rather go than the Big E. Yeah, but shoot. over the years everybody always talks up the big E so much that it's just like I thought it was like this big thing. Like all the vendors that they had inside the buildings were also repeats and incredibly uh, overpriced. Someone was selling die cast cars Like, little, like, slightly bigger than a Hot Wheels car for, like, $35 was the cheapest price. And they're not even new. They're just, like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Like, this is, like, Mm. flea market vendors on crack.
2: (laughs) Because you know, they're like, hoping fucking... that somebody walks through with their kid, and their kid's like, "I have to have this," and throws a tantrum to the the parents. Like, okay, I need to spend yeah. thirty five dollars to buy my way out of this tantrum. Yeah,
0: yeah. And the thing
3: is, like, it was it was super weird, and the way it worked out for me is we went and this we went on a Monday, so I still had money left over from taking money out of ATMs for the flea markets, and garage sales that weekend. So I was walking in there with, I think I had like a little over $200 in my pocket, cash, and there was a point where I asked my wife, like, do you need money? Because I didn't know if she had any cash on her, and I I thought I was a big baller handing her like $140. And it's just like, we still couldn't afford anything because everything was that expensive. Yeah. It's just like she, she buys something from one booth and it's just like, alright, we got no more money.
2: Yeah. It's That's like, it. this is
3: ridiculous. And like I was telling her, anything you see that you like, make a note of it and buy it online. Because it's going to be a lot cheaper because this is ridiculous here.
2: Yeah. But anyway,
3: tangent aside. um, I don't even know what we were talking about. Hold on. I like switched pages in the middle Aesthetic of Static shock. Oh, yeah, so this 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 chase scene happens where she's like skating along the snow that she's created and a whole bunch of chaos. They dodge a sixteen uh, wheeler or whatever eighteen wheeler. I forgot what they are. Um, but she ends up giving uh, static the slip and he ends up like tracing her path based on where she was going. To mm. this abandoned uh, cable car company repair depot, which he finds out is mostly um, occupied by the homeless homeless population. After getting some um, very like apprehensive and rude replies when he gets in there, of oh the he people he, he almost got jumped there. Oh yeah. Mm. Um he finally finds a homeless mother with two children who explains that permafrost isn't bad. She's just troubled. Um, she directs her, uh, she directs static to where permafrost stays and he finds and pilfers, uh, a picture from her childhood and of her and her mother. Yeah. Um, So
2: I just, I don't, I don't see, I understand (laughs) that it helps him to take that, but like, I don't see why he thought that that was okay. It's like, "Oh, you this one yeah. picture, you have literally almost no possessions. This one picture here of you and your mom? Yeah, this is going in my pocket."
3: Like Well, he, he has a he has a reason for it, but my my main issue with this scene here is you've now encountered like like I don't know, maybe this is just the parent and me talking, but you've encountered a mother with two very small children. Why aren't you taking them directly to the homeless shelter? True. <laughs> like, the actual... Like, these kids need to be inside. They can't be out freezing in the in the cold. Like, yeah. that's not something... You know, like, that's like an oversight that I feel like they should have addressed. Because that's just like... If... Corey, like you're why... affecting
1: my score now for this show. <laughs>
3: Well, the thing is, like, my score is already pretty high for it. But, like, just, like, thinking about these things more in depth, like, with what you're trying... The message you're trying to give, it's just, like, I feel like these are things where it's just, like, if Spider-Man's in this situation, he's not fucking this up. Mm. You know?
2: Well, Spider-Man's gonna tell everybody, like, hey, let's all get you somewhere. Like, he's gonna get everybody out of there.
3: Like, Well, like, I don't know how it really works in see the thing with comic books is like the timelines get all screwy and what is current canon what's an else world what happens in what universe what multiverse um but having recently in the last like three years watched the i say watched because i didn't play uh, the latest spider-man game um in that he works very closely with Uh, An organization called Feast, which is a homeless shelter program that Aunt May helps run. And it's just Mm. like, something like that, where it's just like, in that game, he very specifically doesn't leave people who need help without help.
1: Yeah. And
3: it's just like, Static is in a situation where it's like, maybe you do it off screen, but I feel like in an episode where you're supposed to be shown growing as a person and learning and helping Mm. people... You could probably do a little bit more of that.
2: Yeah, well, I think he's just hyper-focused on, like... This is the problem. Yeah, like, like this, this episode, he's hyper-focused on his personal life, the thing that he wants to do, and, like, the other, like, metahumans are getting in the way of that, so he's hyper-focused on solving, like, this last, like, metahuman problem, and he's just blind to, like, mm-hmm. everything else.
3: Yeah, and he's getting a little bit... Like, very slowly, he's getting a little bit less Mm narrow-minded in that regard throughout the episode. And it actually helps a lot in this next scene when he goes to, as Static, goes to Reverend Anderson and gets some backstory on permafrost after showing him the picture. Um, He finds out that she is Maureen Connor, who used to come to the church for meals, but stopped after the Big Bang happened. Um... So Reverend Anderson teaches Static that when he next sees Maureen, that he needs to remind, uh, he needs to remember that she's not some faceless category, the homeless. She's a person in pain who is suffering and needs help Mm. just like everyone else. Um, In the next scene at the uh, tree lighting service, Permafrost confronts Static because she wants her picture back. Uh, She doesn't let up on her attack until he calls her Maureen, her real name. Mm -hmm. Um, He tells her he cares about her and wants to help her and relates to her because, just like her, he also lost his mom. Uh, Maureen explains that when you're homeless, people look right through you. Um, Which, you know real, real life speaking here, that's unfortunately true. Yeah. Yeah. Or, and I feel like, I don't know if it's just me. And this is like one of those things where it's like me, a 35 year old man, uh, looking at this episode some 20 years after it originally aired. And I'm like, in a way trying to learn from it because it's like, that really does happen. Um, there's so many times, especially with when I'm out driving for work that you see people trying to get money, uh, you know, with their signs and stuff and you really do end up just ignoring them.
2: Well, see so know... I
3: rationalize it as a, you know, I, myself, I end up rationalizing it because I'm always like looking around and it's like, all right, well, we're in eyesight of a liquor store. So this might be mm-hmm. bullshit.
2: Well, mm. so this is this is actually the thing about that. and this because my wife works in social services and yeah. mainly literally with homeless population and rapid rehousing and, and preventing homelessness. Um, at least in from what I've heard in her experience, the people that they are serving, either in their shelters or trying to prevent them from being homeless, whatever, pretty much none of them are those people holding up a sign asking for money. Yeah. Some of them don't have Mm. jobs but are trying to earn money or get a job. Other of them have jobs and just, like, for whatever reason, lost housing, you know, whether it's debt, bad credit, other financial obligations, mental illness, substance abuse, like, there's, like, a litany Mm. of things that can, you know affect yeah. the, the your, your housing status. Um, but, like, overwhelmingly, there's a lot of people that actually have jobs and they're not going to be standing there with a sign asking for money. Um, so, in her mind, because I used to be the kind of person that, like, if I was walking down a street past somebody that had, like, a cup or a sign or whatever, I'd give them a dollar or I'd give them the change in my pocket, you know, back in the day. And she was the one that was always just like, don't, don't do that. She's like, I... I work with a massive homeless population and, like, none of them are doing stuff like this. Like, and the thing is, the people that are asking for that stuff, they may very well be homeless, but they're also not, they're not getting help. Like, they they it's, that's a bad way to put it. <laughs> they're not seeking help. They're
0: mm.
2: literally just asking for money on the street when there's other ways to things there's like programs and shelters and whatever else and yeah. there's also entire and like like i said it's not a hundred percent of people that are asking for money but there are documentaries where they follow some people around it's like oh this dude like asks for money on these couple street corners every day and then like walks a couple blocks away and gets into a porsche and drives away
3: that's yeah that's the other thing i've heard where it's just like yeah. what you were saying before it's like with them, the people that might be homeless that are doing that, they're not doing anything to help themselves better their situation. Yeah. Like, so maybe someone stops and they give you a $5 bill, and it's just like, all right, cool, maybe maybe you drink that away. Or maybe you use it to get a sandwich at, you know, McDonald's or something. Although not with the prices. that I know Tom's about to jump on that.
1: Well, actually, before I jump on the prices, because I, I know I bitch about how much <laughs> it's gone up in the last 18 yeah. months, all the time, uh, but I was going to say also, uh, some of these people, you have to keep in mind, are like permafrost, they're mentally ill. They, they, sure. Some of them are not capable of, of making use of some of these services without the assistance of other people uh, intervening yeah. on their behalf. Um
2: I mean, so, it's hard though, because like generally, and that's that's a valid reason for why people exit services too. And I'm yeah, I'm no I'm no expert on this. I hear I hear little tidbits of stuff, um, mm. you know, but <clears throat> it's. It is hard, though, because the thing is, if you're that mentally ill, you generally don't have the cognizance also to like be like, oh, let me get a piece of cardboard and a Sharpie and write out a sign and stand on find a busy street corner and like which one's the mm. best. one." It's like it doesn't yeah. like that. All of those things are more like a I've done this a bunch of times. I figured out what works to get me the most money.
3: And also the. uh So Alright, this is me coming at it from an atheist point of view. The whole... God bless at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, it's manipulative. It's just like, yeah, it is. Because it's like, I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at it as an atheist, and I'm just like... If everything in your life has gone so wrong... Why are you still believing?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's...
3: That's just me being a little bit of an asshole. But no, but that's the thing. Well, is the, well, mes-
2: the message is on the sign for a reason, though. And that's why, like, the last time, which hasn't been in a while, but the last time I went to New York City, I saw people holding up signs that were like, ninjas kidnapped my family, need money for karate lessons. And, like, yeah. I legitimately saw somebody holding that sign asking people for money. And I'm just like, I'm like, guy, like, I understand that, like, this may be your day job because you you just realize that this may be more lucrative than getting a regular day job, like, you know, whatever type of job that you're qualified for. So, like, you chose to do this instead, but that doesn't mean that you're homeless.
3: Right Tom,
1: are you were going to say something? I forgot what I was going to say. Sorry, Tom. No, no, no it's all right.
3: And I, I there's, just there's probably something about me pooping in religion's face for a little bit there.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. I, I was going to say from um, you know a standpoint. Uh, well, I, I okay. So you know we we mentioned my back being broken as much as we talk about Corey's penis, uh, but <laughs> you know
2: I'm beginning to think the two are related.
0: <laughs> Jeez, <yes>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Happy holidays. Jesus, the
3: implications of that.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's pretty brutal, huh? But what I was going to say was after a very string of, of horrific luck uh, in, in having basically my life be put on hold for a, a little over a decade, you know, it. it, it taught me a lot about appreciation and gratitude, especially when I've needed help for things. And, um, you know, I'm not an atheist. I I do have a a belief in a higher power, uh, as, you know, as, I don't know, surprising as that might sound. Uh, But uh, just from a a standpoint, when you, you hit such a rock bottom in your life, Sometimes you do have such gratitude, and and I mean, I don't know if I would say God bless you, but maybe I would if I really got that low at my life. But like just the fact that some person is is, is ex, ex, you know showing some compassion and, and charity when they they don't have to, you know, just from their point of view being that low you know they they could just see that as a blessing or or some sort of divine intervention or or you know in a way you know again like uh, when it came to before when i said the uh, mentioned the mentally ill to be the counterpoint to what keith said this is another way with the religion a counterpoint where it, when you hit rock bottom and you have absolutely nothing sometimes people sort of fall into faith just to have something to hold on to because they literally have nothing. And so I could see people being grateful and saying, God bless you. But at the same time, I know there's con artists who have observed yes. genuine people doing that. And when con artists do it, it just is sickening. And, you, and yeah, well, you, you yeah, just hate that. pulls on that. the
3: heartstrings of the people yes. that look at that and they want to be charitable.
1: Mm-hmm
3: because either they're a good and decent person, or their religion dictates that they should be. Mm. Which is, I guess, part of my issue with religion that I always try and avoid talking about, just because it's like, you should be a decent person because you should be a decent person, not because you're God-fearing. Right. That's the worst reason to be a decent person, in my opinion. Right.
1: It's just but, like,
3: don't, don't be doing nice things because w- you don't want to be published or punished <clears throat> in the afterlife.
2: So... Oh,
1: yeah. So yeah. I
2: thought of it... So I've read this online, and I, I actually... I kind of abided by this, like, before finding out about it. And I really like this analogy. And it's... It's when you go to a like a grocery store and you use a shopping cart, right? And you buy a whole bunch of groceries. So you actually need to use the shopping cart to carry all the bags back to your car. Where do you put the shopping cart when you're done? Do you put it in one of the shopping cart returns? Or do you just like leave it next to your car and you're one of those people? Because truly, that is one of those things that like nobody – like there is no repercussions – for you just fucking leaving it wherever in the parking lot. And like Mm -hmm. some people will like put it up on a sidewalk or a curb or whatever, but really like somebody of the stores got to go collect those afterwards and they got to go collect those from all the shopping cart returns and bring them back up to the front of the building. And I always put mine back, even if it's snowing, raining, whatever I put it back. And usually also I put it like, into like another shopping cart as well so it's like you know kind of somewhat organized and mm-hmm. i i do it because it's one of those things where it's like if if everybody that went to that store just left their cart where the fuck ever it would take that person so long to collect all those through the entire parking lot and bring them back to the building yet the way I look at it is that I'm benefiting because when I walk up to the building, all the shopping carts in nice, our nice neat order, and I grab one from the nice neat order, so I'm like, well, I might as well then at least return it to, like, I'm not returning it all the way to the building per se, but I'm returning it to, like, the designated area. And that's, like, the – that's – like, so... there's, there's, like, a judgment of, like, whether or not you're a good person based on whether you return your shopping cart or not because – there's people that have looked at it and said it's basically like a victimless... It's not a crime, but it's like a victimless like yet selfish thing that you can do by not returning it. So it's like, do you choose to when you don't have to?
3: So let me play devil's advocate here.
2: Yeah.
3: I mostly will put it in the cart return. However... If I have Carter with me alone, there's no chance in hell that's happening because I'm not leaving him in the car Yeah. to go walk, you know, across. But when you were talking about all that, I actually came up with a counterpoint that if everybody acted as you did and returned them, you would lose people jobs because there are people that specifically have the job of being a cart return person. True, but and if everybody automatically always one one hundred percent brought their cart back, that person would not have a job.
2: Oh, I'm not. I'm not saying that everybody should. I'm just saying it delineates good people from shitty people.
3: Well, the thing is, I don't think that's me not returning my cart. Usually for a good reason, sometimes out of laziness, well, but usually yeah. for a good reason. No, no, reason. that's an acceptable Doesn't make me a reason. Person. Yeah, I no, think. Yes, no, sometimes, you I don't a have, thing. sometimes I don't have. Here's the Sometimes I don't have them with me, and I just don't do it.
0: <laughs>
1: well, then you're well, sure. That's a different story. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I
3: don't feel like that's like saying. Uh, I wish I had an analogy cocked and ready to go, but that's like saying.
2: it's kind of like if you were walking into a building right and you were you open the door and you know that there's somebody behind you <laughs> like it's like actively choosing to be like "Nah, fuck that person just like the door closed
3: so be like you could catch it so once again catch it the <laughs> with that is i actually get a little bit annoyed when people hold the door for me because now i'm socially inclined to have to hurry up my pace i don't want to have them waiting there as i walk at the same pace completely. well
2: i feel like there's a distance
3: rule with that though like if somebody's somebody should yes. only
2: hold the door for you if you're going to get there within three steps
3: but the thing is no not everybody's on the same page with that well they should
2: there is be a proper I, etiquette I, 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 but i set the rules rules I just, we should they, all follow they didn't read my memo
3: like for myself if i hold the door if i make the decision to hold the door for somebody i don't care how long it takes them to get there yeah me but either. not everybody thinks that and the peop- even the people yeah. that i'm holding the door for they can't know yeah. that, that that's how i'm thinking
2: and most people hurry up so
3: whether or not well, they're going to hurry Like, maybe there's someone who's in pain. Maybe they can't move that fast, but they push themselves to move that fast because it's socially thought of that you need to be respectful of people. Well, I gesture. Like, I go,
1: whoa, 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 with my hand. Don't worry. Don't worry. (laughs) I'll even say I got all the time in the world. You know, I do that (laughs) because I don't want to have to run because it hurts my back. But, but, Tom, they're
2: really thrown off by you just screaming the word, Hodor, like the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Yell that a few times, they start running, and then you tell them to not run. It's very mixed signals.
1: Yeah.
3: (laughs) Oh, no, that's what they'd be shouting at him, technically. That's true. Mm.
2: No, he he was the one that was shouting.
3: Why? Because he's already holding the door. Keith, I am the three-eyed raven. Do I need to explain to you how Game of Thrones worked?
2: He was, but he was, he like, he was supposed to hold the... He was holding the door, but he ends up yelling, hold the door, which then gives himself some Oh, no. A...
3: He doesn't end up yelling it. Bran, the three-eyed uh, raven, is telling him to hold the door, yeah. but he's in his head while he does it, so yeah. it, like, fries his brain.
2: You're right. It's been a while. Yeah. Which is weird, Come though, because
3: it fries his... Wow. He fries That's his me brain... doing the jerk-off motion across the computer
1: but, like, at you, Keith. He fries... that. Keith,
2: duck! He fries his brain so <laughs>
1: bad. Keith didn't duck. He totally yeah. took it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... He just wanted to keep talking. He didn't want to duck.
2: He fries his brain oh, so like, bad that yeah. child Hodor <laughs> can only say Hodor.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's... Uh... <laughs> Wow, we've been on a roller coaster of like sentimental, uh, (laughs) absolute. We're just going to talk about Game of Thrones every week. And now we're talking about me (laughs) drifting off across space and time to hit Keith in the face. It's okay. I don't don't have an avatar
2: in the metaverse, so I'm So,
3: anyway, (laughs) back in the show, uh,. Basically, Static ends up relating to Maureen, and she tells him that when she received these powers, she thought everything would get better for her, but she's actually more alone than she ever has been. Um, That actually brings up another thing I was thinking about with this show in particular, with the fact that the majority of the people that gained powers uh, from the Big Bang event were gang members and thus were inclined to, you know, do violence and probably use their powers for evil, and it just so happens that Virgil was there, and he's a right and just kid, and he ended up being a superhero, but it's just like, I feel like in so many instances with shows like this, the balance of, like, who decides to use their powers for evil as opposed to who wants to be a superhero is just so skewed that it's, like, kind of at a ridiculous level. Yeah, like you mean none of these other people wanted to be a hero? (laughs) Yeah, not one. I think that a lot of people—they're
2: just trying to prove the point that like people will be corrupted if they're given power. That's because
3: like some of these people, like it's like you could do so much good with your power, but you're just like nah, fuck it, gotta be evil. And it's like really every single one of you. (laughs) absolute ridiculousness back in uh reverend anderson's office looking a little less blue now that she's in a warm place i'm assuming that's why
1: i was very confused about that i think it's a
2: difference of like having her powers like kind of like engaged versus disengaged like maybe I i think when her powers are engaged she just turns blue
3: i mean it's hard it's hard to say no one knows yeah. Um, well, well, I was hoping you would, kind of like Sonic. <laughs> oh, like I, if you ever saw is, Sonic, I don't know if she ever makes another appearance.
2: But if you ever you know. saw Sonic when he's not uh, like you know engaged, he's <laughs> he's Flash Man. He's he's got no blue on him. It's <laughs> weird. What the fuck are you talking about Keith? Jesus I'm just making new canon
1: man. Just making new canon <laughs> He, I just he just kept saying Sonic, 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 Sonic. Yeah, that's, it's and gonna then, be interesting <laughs> editing
3: this because I can finally hear what Keith said because I was not paying attention at all. <laughs> oh, something about a naked Sonic I said it's kind of like when Sonic Doesn't have
2: no, his power. don't powers say it again
3: engagement. that was an invitation Oh
0: god damn.
3: <laughs> So anyway uh, The Reverend explains That he wants to help But she has to uh, be willing To accept the help and want the help um, So he sets her up with the woman who runs The church's homeless program uh and off they go with her thinking static
2: i get that she needs to um, accept the help i was a little bit awkward because it was like do you consent to us helping you it was just a little sure. it was it just seemed a little like forced In like, but like the, that's
3: that's the thing is like she basically ran from the help in the first place right like, when the Big Bang happened, she stopped showing up for the meals.
2: But I feel like there was just a little too much exposition in that for it to feel natural. Because instead, he could have just been like, hey, we can help you. Do you want help? Instead of just being like, oh, we can help her, but she's got to accept it. Like, it, it felt like a weird clause. Like, hmm. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Well, that's how yet have to kind of deal with certain mental illnesses, though. Yeah. Yeah. If they yeah. don't want to accept help, there's nothing you can do.
2: Well, totally, but, like, he didn't need to, like, fucking explain that, like, in front of her. Well, it's a good Yeah, that, show, it was so. a bit harsh. A bit it's harsh, how they,
1: yeah. It just seemed kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah.
2: like, well, I want to help you, but if you don't want to accept it, then...
3: Well, it's the whole, like, saying of, like, you can lead a horse yeah. to water, but you can't make him drink. Yeah. You know, like say, you could
1: lead a Keith to water, but you can't make him drink. <laughs> <laughs> no, <Nah>, Keith. <obviously.
2: laughs> no, I. Yeah, I'm probably dehydrated. I need that water.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, so we end this episode with a pretty all-inclusive uh, speech at the church from Reverend Anderson, which, for once, I actually pretty much 100% agree with. Um, he's talking about people coming together to help one another basically, no matter their differences and yeah uh, um pretty much ends the episode I didn't write it down, uh, word for word but that was the gist of yeah. it um, yeah, um, how many bang babies out of ten would you shot? <laughs>
2: of course that's the scale <laughs>
3: I mean, it wasn't until I heard Tom's reaction to me saying
1: it. Every time. It's just awful. Oh. Oh. I feel oh. like.
2: I, I don't know why, but I feel like there's gotta be like a Korean pop song where the translation is Bang Babies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Like. Like just, It sounds like it's a pop song, but it sounds like it's a bad translation from another language at the same time. Google it, Keith. So, Google it. No, no I cannot no. Google Bang Babies. Come on, Keith. It's Go- can we, can we stop? Gang.
3: Well, that's part of what the show called. Which, them, so you, we'll say, see. saying <laughs> Bang Babies, but. <laughs> so. Definitely on some lists. When those. All new lists. Yep.
0: Oh man.
3: So the thing is wrong
2: era, but like it's like I feel like I feel like because like there's the phrase right now of like okay boomer, like in that in that universe like in another 40 years are going to be
1: people will be like okay bang baby. Like I don't I'm going to have to say that to somebody in the near future. That's gonna be fun. <laughs> um I wanna give it man. I,
2: I wish I had the time to actually go back and watch more of this show. I remember liking this show um back when it was on and I got like the nostalgia vibes for it, but like to to your earlier point, Corey, like the animation did seem a little cheap in this episode. In, in
3: this one episode, though, yeah, I, like I'm from going the other based episodes, on memory. I checked, it looked pretty good, but they also were episodes that had crossovers or were like very early in the series. Mm-hmm.
2: So. Yeah, so I mean, I liked the episode mainly because of Virgil and his superpowers and you know the dynamic between like we discussed like the the spider-man dynamic of like um actually being like a kid trying to be like socially engaging with his peers trying to please his family and then being the superhero trying to please his community and like the the difficulty of that um and this this episode was particularly psa uh public service announcement like it's christmas time be nice to homeless people and be nice to your <laughs> be nice to all fellow humans please um i'm gonna give it a seven i feel like this is a show actually that i didn't line up right but like i could have my daughter watch this no problem like, I have no qualms about mm. that. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, like, yeah. sure, there's, like, a little bit of violence if he's, like, fighting somebody and shooting a lightning at him or somebody's attacking him. But, like, there's, like, no bad language. They're obviously putting some, like, good lessons into the show. Um, so I'd actually be more likely to, like, probably test this out with her and see if she likes it. And then if she likes it, then I'm probably going to watch a whole ton of it because that's, that's, that's how, how my works. house operates. Hmm
1: nice um if you don't mind i'll go next uh when this was out i think this was a period of time when i didn't have cable uh much of high school actually all of high school i didn't have cable so uh, i think that's why
2: 2006 oh Oh, no that was that was yeah that was this right
3: 2000 to 2004
2: oh okay was 2006 so literally literally
3: all of our
0: high school
1: yeah yes so that explains why i don't remember seeing this much but like maybe when i was staying over my mother's house or my grandmother's house uh i might have caught some of this because i do remember this character and i do remember watching a little bit of this and liking it uh quite a bit um and then rewatching this, I, I did enjoy this episode quite a bit. Uh, and going back, the animation, yeah, the animation was the couple scenes in particular weren't. It wasn't that great, uh, but I, I noticed nobody mentioned the music. Uh, I'm not talking about the theme song, but like they had this Christmas music where they had real musicians and and, and people singing. Yeah uh leading the episode in and then when they were leading the episode out, uh they were back to having this and uh I liked it because if, again, I know I already brought up Christmas Vacation, but it reminds me of how that movie takes place. It starts with the uh Christmas vacation song and then it ends with the same song and, you know, everything else, you know, the whole movie is sandwiched in between these two pieces, but uh so that kind of, it made me happy. It made me nostalgic for uh, Christmas, even though it's September. <laughs> um, so uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, nobody mentioned Phil Lamar. We talked about this before we started recording, but Phil Lamar voices the main character Static or Virgil, uh, and I love Phil Lamar. So um, I would normally probably give this an eight with a strong, recommend- strong recommendation to watch, but since this is a Christmas-themed episode and presumably it'll play around Christmas time or, you know, around the holidays, uh, I- I'm going to give it a half-a-point bump because uh, I know if I watched this during the holidays, uh, this would be right up my alley. So I- I'm going to give it an 8.5, thinking that we're going to watch it around the holidays because I would <laughs> rate it that then, so... Well, That's the episode
3: will air around the holidays. Uh, that, is, that is an interesting point, because it is weird watching anything Christmas-related at a time when it's not Christmas. It You mm. know, for all the, the shit I talk, like, December, for some reason, I guess, the, with the way you grow up, like, celebrating Christmas, for me specifically, um... It does really end up feeling like a magical time of year. Yeah. Like, and I don't know, I feel like that even more now that I have a son. Because it's just like, now that, mm. you know...
1: I mm-hmm.
0: don't know.
3: Like, listeners, get, get... Assuming you can, you know, you're ready. Have a kid. <laughs> it's it's literally life-changing, and I feel like it's all for the better. Like, I feel like he's made me such a better person, and, like, I'm thinking about, like, holidays now, like, getting as many of them with him as I can. Like, that's one of my Mm. constant, like, thoughts, like, when it comes to holiday season. When it used to be just like, oh, here we are, another Christmas.
0: Yeah. You know,
3: like, watch some some, uh, Hallmark movies with my wife, pretend I don't like him, even though I kind of... I'm okay with watching them, shit like that. Will
2: listen to this episode? Yeah, she won't. Come (laughs) on, that's
3: true. That's true. This 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 lead is buried pretty deep. I
1: at this point,
2: I feel like there's a certain age. Like when you're a kid, and even like as a young adult, you're like excited for Christmas. And as you get older, I feel like you don't always dread Christmas unless you had something tragic happen around Christmas but I feel like the yeah. excitement just kind of like wears off and you're like oh it's christmas again. like I gotta buy all these people presents that are gonna buy me presents yeah, I like, gotta there's
3: like a lot more obligations yeah and
2: it, it kind of loses some of that magic and you're right like as you know um like having a kid like it's like they're so just like genuinely purely excited
3: yeah they're so Mm. into it that you don't want to you know shit on that at all yeah
2: oh like my my daughter told me the other day that santa claus and the easter bunny are friends and i was like you're so right <laughs> I'm
3: pretty like, sure there's some movie that came out years ago where that's actually true. Yes, probably, but I don't yeah, think she's seen uh, her, like superheroes or something like that. Shit, never yeah, seen yeah that, Alec Baldwin did the voice of
1: Santa. Story. But like, Hugh Jackman was, like, the was the Easter Bunny. Chris Pine like, like, was Jack Frost.
2: But she's just stringing everything uh, together because she I loves. Can't she loves anything. every holiday, like probably not Thanksgiving Gardens. so much because there's no like you know figurehead for thanksgiving but like halloween's great because like you get to dress up and ask strangers for candy like christmas is great because <laughs> santa gives you presents but like at the same time like the way i didn't Corey, let me know what you're gonna do with your with your son but like the way that we do christmas with santa is like santa gets her like one or two like decent gifts and then like the majority of the other stuff's from mommy and dad because like the way that we kind of explained it to her is like no, Santa gives, like, a gift to each kid. He can't give, yeah. like, ten gifts yeah. to each kid. Like, that's so, that's unreasonable. <laughs> so <laughs> the, way,
3: the way it always worked for me growing up was I, I was the only child, single parent, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so especially, like, after my grandmother passed away... Like, it was literally just us for Christmas morning. Um, But, of course, me being a kid, wake up as soon as possible, you Mm -hmm. know, that you can consider it morning. Whereas my mom wants to sleep, you know. And and she doesn't want to wake Mm -hmm. up at 6 a.m., but I'm, like, up. So the way she always did it was she would have a few presents. Oh, yeah, spoilers for anybody out there that's listening to this, first off, if you're a kid and you still believe in Santa, what are your parents doing letting you listen to this?
2: Yeah, don't do that. Yeah,
1: what the hell's like, wrong with them?
3: Yeah. Like, us ruining the fact that Santa isn't real for you, the least of your their, their problems right there, with all the other shit yep. they've heard on this podcast. Um, but anyway, like, there would always be, like, a couple presents that were marked as from santa and usually what she would do is those are like the presents that would keep me occupied before she woke up so the rule was that i could (laughs) open them because like she didn't really have anything invested into them in the sense of like wanting to see my reaction Mm. so it'd be like here's an action figure here's a lego set or like like it eventually like I would get stuff in my stocking and, like, I, it was perfectly fine to open my stocking before uh, she woke up. But, like, anything that was from her, she wanted to be awake for. Because, you know, it could be, like,
0: yeah. my
3: Sega Genesis, you know, my PlayStation 2, stuff that I that I asked for, but didn't think I, it was even possible for me to get. And then, bam, I got it! And it was just amazing, you know, stuff like that. Um, mm. So, like... Wh- I don't know how my wife's going to think about it, but, like, that would be my first inclination, is to do it something like that, given I wake up before anyone in the fucking world does, usually, so... I can't mm-hmm. imagine there's going to be a situation where Carter's awake and it's too early to do presents, given I'm going to have to wait still for my wife to wake up and everything, but, you know, that that's how I would do it. Anyway, getting back to my rating... Future self uh, is going to be very frustrated when editing this because that's usually when I compile the data for like <laughs> how this episode stacks up against other episodes. And usually, what will happen is two people will say their rating, and then Keith will go on a long uh, rambling tirade about something, and then somewhere in there, he says his rating, mm-hmm. but future cory that's editing it is just like where the fuck is the rating i need the <laughs> rating and i'm like rewinding and uh, so instead in the meta this time Corey instead, went it's, me. I, it's me it was me
0: all along uh,
3: and cory was the keith the whole time
2: Shabalon. it was me
1: austin <laughs> it was me all along <laughs>
3: You guys don't get that reference, but no. future Corey will and he'll think it's hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, I am going to give this 8 Bang Babies out of 10. Um, I think it was a great episode. A lot of Bang Babies. Uh, mm-hmm. I probably would have gone lower if I had seen that the animation quality actually was consistently... As low quality as it was in this particular episode, just because that would mean that I was misremembering how the entire show was, which was a big concern of mine when I started with watching this one,
0: mm-hmm.
3: um, this episode in particular, because I, that was the first thing I noticed. I was just like, this doesn't look like what I remembered, but it's just probably a B-team because it's an episode that probably doesn't further any long-term storylines or anything. Mm-hmm. So they were just like, here you go, we yeah. got to work on the one after this. You know, yeah. the stuff with the Justice League, the stuff with Batman, the stuff tying you into the greater DC animated universe, stuff like that. Yep. Um, so, I still think it's a great episode, great lessons, especially uh, something that, like, speaks to me and, like, makes me question how I handle things 20 years later, you know? So. Yeah.
2: Mm. No, yeah. it's... It, it definitely, it had a good message. There was a couple parts that I pointed out that I felt a little, were a little bit forced, but it wasn't, like, overall, it was, uh, the message is very receptive. You can't just be like, oh, fuck, nah, fuck those people, like,
1: mm.
2: <laughs> you can't, like, they make some really good points. Yeah.
1: Put your shopping carts back, goddammit. it! Yeah,
2: you should put your shopping carts back. That's very
3: fucking. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm I don't feel so strongly about it one way or the other. That like that's why I just don't do it sometimes. No, that's the thing is, I, look no, at I don't really care if other if, people if, do it. If pressed, if pressed to defend one side, I feel like I defended my side pretty good. I feel
2: I don't I don't care if other people do it. It's just you're trying to automate. It's, it's the, this uh, weird. It's this weird code that I hold myself to, where I'm like, okay, "Yeah, I'm you're putting better those...
1: than everyone, so you always bring mm-hmm. it yeah. back." I'm, like, I'm I... the same way. Yeah. Not only do I put it back, but I straighten up the other ones because I'm just like, "What the yep. fuck's wrong with this?" And world? he fucking
2: polishes the handles and he fixes the broken wheel on the bottom. And then yeah. you know, like, "It's Tuesday," and his work is calling his house like. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, you haven't come back to work, and you're just like... But the shopping hey, carters haven't done are any wreck. physics
3: in forever. <laughs> <laughs> Can you please do some more physics for us? God damn it! Uh, All right, so yeah. we'd like to thank you for spending this time with us. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do us a favor: leave us a Christmas present by hitting a five-star rating on iTunes. Take care. Drive safe. Have a happy holiday. And until all are one, I've been Corey.
1: I've been Tom.
3: Put
2: your fucking shopping cart back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ho ho ho! Happy holidays, you Big Bang babies!
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying.
2: <laughs> okay. dick.